This episode was made possible by our generous patrons. Pictures up, last look. to episode 166 of the Ink to Film podcast, where we read the book and then see the movie. I'm Luke. And I'm James. And this week we take a look back at all the things we covered in 2020. So, you made it. If you're listening to this, you made it to the end of the year. We're the final message before you like take that last door out. Maybe the final boss is behind the door? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know yet. Yeah. But you're here. We hope not, but uh, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. <laughs> And uh, yeah. we have a lot to look back on. That's sort of the, the premise of this episode is to look back at a lot of our projects from 2020. Yeah, what a fucking year. Um, you know, and, and it's funny is like we got two days or so before uh, New Year's Eve as at the time of recording this. So maybe we don't make it. But if you're listening to this, you've made it. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be dark. Um, but <laughs> but hopefully we all made it. And at the very least, uh, in this fucking disaster dumpster fire of a year, um, we had some fun covering some stuff, some books, some movies, some other sources, some other adaptations. Um, and, you know, a lot of you came along for the ride, uh, whether you listen to every episode or you just listen to certain ones here or there, you know, we appreciate it. And, we're, you know, we're glad to have you. I mean, it's been a testing year for, for basically everyone. Um, it's been the year that we've spent inside. We were, I mean, this is a, I can't even imagine if I didn't have the podcast, like how I would have spent some of my time, you know, I already had a lot of like open time just sitting yeah. at home doing nothing. Um, you know, when you don't have the motivation or, or the want to do anything at all. And then yeah. you're, you know, you're bummed an hour or two later when you're like, why did I just do nothing? That, that was like the whole year for us this time. So, uh, <laughs> It's it's been a nice outlet to be able to like communicate with people, stay in touch with people and cover these projects that I think I've been able, you know, to escape into a lot this year. Absolutely. And uh looking back at some of the early projects, it feels like they weren't in 2020 because some of them are predate you know, March, which is like when all the stuff with COVID really started kicking off. Um, which makes it sound like a good thing, the opposite of that. But um, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like a different year when I'm like, oh, we did cover that in 2020. It's it's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I was I was working out of a hotel room. I was like working on a TV show at the time, and it was it was a crazy time. And then I went on vacation like February, got back, and then everything closed down. And it was just like not like the podcast. I look at those episodes and I'm like, oh yeah, what was, you know, how, when, what was I doing when I was reading this book or whatever? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy shit, I was like in a hotel room or I was like out, you know, doing something for work. Um, and then it's, it turned into nothing but being at home. Just <laughs> what a year. Yeah. I know at, the start, felt the, same at the start way. of the year for me, I was in an Airbnb because I had been displaced from my home to have uh, repairs done after a water thing, a water flooding. And I was in an Airbnb. I remember that for multiple projects. And then I spent some time in a Marriott, like right when COVID was starting to happen. I think those early Return of the King episodes, I was recorded in a Marriott. So yeah, same <laughs> same thing. Bizarre to think about. 
just what a what a weird year. But we we covered a lot of stuff. I will sort of move into this here in a second. We have I have like some stats on sort of we have a lot of stats. We like to bring stats to this episode. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna spend too much time on, but I think it's fun to touch base every year with certain ones. And then I, whenever I look back at these episodes, I'm always curious to see like where we've gone and where we were and all that stuff. Um, but I know you have a breakdown of like what we actually covered this year. Which right. I'm yeah. Number about. of projects, number of episodes, yeah. number of movie episodes, number of movies we watched, number of books we read. Um, but first, I think we, we were listening to our last looks from 2019. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we stumbled upon this moment where we were looking forward to 2020. What a weird moment, man. What we're going to do now is play that audio um, just for sort of posterity's sake yeah. and just so you can hear where we were at at the end of 2019 and looking into 2020 <laughs> um, and, you know, how we were so wrong in some ways and yet how we were so right. Yeah. All right. Roll the tape. All right, man. All that's left to do is to look forward to 2020, um, which seems like a sci-fi year. Seems like yeah. um, we're all going to be living in well, a cyberpunk world. <laughs> we're already past Blade Runner at this point. Yeah. We're past uh, Back to the Future, I think, oh, yeah, now. I we're, think past, so. like, we're past all of the things. Yeah, we are living in the future. We're in the future. Especially next year. 2020, it's just got such a nice ring to it. Yeah. Um, let's hope it's a good year and not a fucking awful one. Yeah. It could be a dystopian nightmare. Yeah. Um, I think this especially is, a, this in is our the country. revolution. This is the revolution. Could be the revolution. I don't know, man. I gotta stay optimistic. Um, I am. I am both optimistic and terrified of what this year might bring. Yep. Um, but I'm gonna choose to be optimistic today, and let's look forward to this. Think about some of the things we know we're gonna cover in the coming year, which is kind of tough because you know sometimes there's release dates that move around. Maybe we'll say something that ends up getting delayed, and then it won't even come out. Um, but yeah, maybe hit me hit me with like one thing you know you're looking forward to in 2020. Yeah, so survey says uh, dystopian nightmare. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I mean, how we we yeah. kind of I don't know. We touched on you said dystopian nightmare. There was a revolution, um, yeah, kind like of, yeah. <laughs> a social revolution. I would yeah. say. Um, I mean, we we voted the fucker out, so let's say that at least happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, and then we were about to start talking about things we're looking forward to, and you were like, "But who knows? Delays happen, and these yeah. things." Ha and it's like. Yeah, everything was delayed. I mean, I'm not to give myself like a pat on the back because it's a bizarre thing to 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 talk about, but like I was super on the fringe of reading about the COVID stuff when it was happening in China in Wuhan specifically. I don't remember exactly when that was, but I feel like it was around the new year. And I had been reading all this stuff and like worrying reports and like I'm the kind of person who has a lot of anxiety and worries a lot about big global things happening. And so I remember thinking, like, what if this is the big pandemic that goes all over the globe? Because, like, I, it's something that we've been warned about, like, my entire life. People talked about it happening. And so I think there was a bit of that in my mind. And then a lot of it is the Trump stuff. You know, a lot of it is me going, what the fuck's going to happen politically in this country? So yeah. um, it's a, a mix of those two things made me seem a little bit prescient there <laughs> in some <laughs> ways. Although I also still feel like I was way too optimistic. <laughs> I just yeah. try and be that I, I, way. And that's just going to show like I'm going to be optimistic going into next year, into 2021. Yeah. But what, what should we just not say? Should we just say let's be optimistic and go from there? <laughs> yeah, just, like, I'd rather anything? live my life that way, you know, like a little bit yeah. optimistic and hedge my bets a little bit, but, you know, and that's what we'll just have to do looking forward, looking forward to 2021. What a bizarre like look back and like hindsight of what we've been through. We, I mean, uh, haunting, honestly. Yeah, it's well, really... and to talk about the, the projects we were so sure we were going to cover, I think we go on to list like six projects that we don't cover. Um, I think one of yeah, them. Yeah, Dune. Uh, yeah, Dune, obviously. Still waiting on Dune. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think it was Return of the King, I think is the only one in the list that we actually covered this year. So 
Um, we're going to do it again at the end of this episode. We're going to we're gonna look forward to 2021. We're going to list some projects we're looking forward to. But before we get there, um, you got some stats. But before, like, I do want to give it, you know, the headlining event is we're going to be naming uh, the worst source material and the best adaptation this year uh, that we covered on the podcast, of course. Um, but, we, you know, we thought that would be fun. Yeah, as well as the inverse, too, because we're going to give worst and best source material and worst and best adaptation. Yes, I, I, I guess I didn't say that. But yes, both both for both. Um, so look forward to that. We're, that's going to be the episode. You know, we'll talk about our reasoning why we chose each one. Maybe we'll argue. I don't know. Or maybe we'll agree. We'll see. It's always fun to, to find out. I don't know what you chose for any of these, and you don't know what I chose for any of these. So we'll be finding right. out on air. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have common ground. But um, okay, so going into this here, the number of projects that we did, number of actual like sort of whether it was two weeks or three weeks, one yeah. week, whatever it was. We, qual- we qualify a, a source and adaptation combo as one project, no matter how many weeks it takes, whether it's one or four or five, whatever. So we had 23 projects this year and we had our 150 episode uh, retrospective as well. Mm. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, I wasn't considering that a project, but it's also right there. So really 24 specific projects that we were focused on throughout the year. It feels like more, I think I, if I listened to the episode last time, I think it was maybe one or two more than we did in 2019. I believe it. We did a lot of like one, one-off episodes this, this year. We did a yeah, lot of like, like combo episodes where it was book and movie in one. Um, and we did, I, I, it's funny how it sort of averages out to like, you know, a project every two weeks for the whole year. It does. Yeah. Um, okay, so and then the number of episodes, mm-hmm. the number of total episodes that we put out this year on the main feed, not including bonus bonus mm-hmm. episodes, because we clearly put out 12 bonus episodes, one every month mm-hmm. um, on our Patreon. And if you're interested in that, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash to film. Quick plug. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> really, James? <laughs> yeah, so 45, 45 actual episodes throughout the year and then we had five from the vault episodes which are former patreon exclusives that we've put into the main feed for people yeah. to get a taste of that um so would you so say 40, 45 45 okay 45 episodes yeah out of 52 weeks and then yeah so i mean it feels like we maybe took a few more weeks off this year but I, considering what year it was that makes yeah. that makes sense <laughs> yeah and like even even so like 45 episodes in a 52 week year is yeah. pretty not bad at all in my it's opinion not bad so number of movies we covered 25 Mm. 25 movies and that includes two tv shows so 23 movies adaptations yeah i mean two tv shows i think is lower than last year maybe maybe i I don't know Uh, but tv shows that we've talked about tv shows take up a lot of time like this year we covered lovecraft country and the outsider and each of those was Mm -hmm. like a month i would say yeah they were yeah yeah. so that's like that's a sixth of our year right there on two projects that's why we can't do too many of them but as much as like it feels like half of all adaptations that come out these days are tv shows so it's really tough yeah 20 20 uh 23 though 23 actual feature film movies that we watch mm-hmm. um I, you know that's not bad I, not in bad. addition to the other ones we're watching throughout the year too like i think that's a i think that's a pretty strong number for so know. for for sources i think my goodreads gave me the gave me the hint on this one i think we did tw- i want to say 20 books now that doesn't count a couple of things so i wonder if the number you got is different yeah Okay, so 23 books, okay. but that's including five short stories and three graphic novels or comic books. Okay, yeah, so I think some of the short stories don't count on my Goodreads is, is what it is, slash like uh, like Cinderella and stuff. I'm not sure if I counted that. Yeah, short stories that I counted, Minority Report, Total Recall, Screamers, Cinderella, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, graphic novels and comic books, Snowpiercer, The Old Guard, and V for Vendetta. Yeah, wow, yeah, that was a little more than, than previous years. 
uh, cool. So that's what we did this year. Um, I think it's pretty good body of work. Um, so, yeah. and, and because of that, what we're going to do is we're going to look at everything we covered and we're going to pick uh, best and worst. You know, obviously it didn't necessarily come out this year, but that we talked about and uh, we're, we're, we're building on our body of work from years past. Yeah. I'm really excited to, to start talking about most, the, the, the best of, of, of each, what, what we thought was the best, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say we had seven guests as well. Oh yeah, that's that's the other thing I wanted to find out. So that's more because last year I know we all, we had a reduction. I think we were down to like four. Okay, mm-hmm. so seven guests. Um, I'm not going to be able to name them all. So do, do you have them all? Yeah, I got them. Courtesy Chen. Yeah, I joined us for Princess of Mars. Yeah, and that was right at the beginning of the year. That's another one yep. that sort of feels back so back. far away with with um, John Carter and mm-hmm. Princess of Mars. That's so long ago. And then we also had Mary Mascari at the at the beginning of the year. Right, Water for Elephants, yeah. That was, I think that was right afterwards, or very very shortly after. Very shortly after, yeah. All of these are in order of appearance. Okay. We also had Caitlin Starling come, in, come on after that. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, those were fun episodes, for sure. Really fun, Actually, yeah. she was just on for the movie episode for that one, though. I think we did the book on our own. I believe so, yeah. Michael Arnzen came on. Uh, good old Mike Arnzen. He's you know one of our favorites. It's, it's nice to have returning guests, which I know we had at least one other. Yeah, I mean, Michael Arnzen was on our first year when we had like, you yeah. know, half a year. Very and first so for cast. him to return, that was like three, you know, what, two and a half years later. Yeah. If not so the first time he came on was for The Thing. And then this year he joined us for The Exorcist, uh, our Exorcist yeah. movie episode in particular, which was a really cool episode. I love that episode. Yeah. And then we had Remy Nakamura back on. Yeah. Remy is our first third time, I think, uh, guest. He joined us for Lovecraft Country, which is great. He's our three-peat guest. Yeah. yeah. Lovecraft Country was a lot of fun with him as well. And then we had J.S. Arquin. Yeah, JS joined us for uh, V for Vendetta, which was right around the election. So it was a really wild time to be covering that one for sure. And then, you know, what followed after the election and the, the yeah. it was just fucking madness. But yeah, that was a lot of fun to have him on for the movie. And then uh, most recently we had on Marcy and Akko from the Colored Pages book club. Yeah, and that was a really cool, like, unusual episode for us because we were we were covering Cinderella, which is you know already not the kind of thing we normally read. But then we watched this musical, which is I don't think we've ever covered a musical before. Um, but man, that was a fun episode. I know I remember laughing a ton during that coverage and just having a great time. So hopefully everybody checks that one out. Yeah, they were great guests. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, that, I, that's all of our guests. Wow. And we love our guests, obviously. We, we, you know, everything that they've done, please go check out those people. We talk about it on yeah. most of their episodes. Yeah. Listen to their podcasts, buy their, buy their books if they have books, you know. Uh, Definitely. It's, support them, you know. Let them know that we sent you too, because that, that's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> we're looking forward to having more guests in 2021. So thank you to all of our guests who were on this year. Yeah. If there's anybody that you uh, would really want to have on, us to have on on the podcast, feel free to email us about it. Um, I'm not saying we will necessarily do it, but I'm always open to suggestions. All right. So I think it's about that time we move into the best and worst. Oh, actually, before our very first topic is most surprising. Uh, surprise. Oh, yeah. We're starting with that topic. <laughs> yep. um, every year we talk about this because we felt like best and worst is, you know, the polar, op- you know, the polar ends. But there's there's always other notable things that happen. And I think this is the spot for like really notable things that happened this year during our coverage, um, our most surprising topics. Um, and I, I have, according to my outline, I'm starting this one off. So um, <laughs> okay. I'm going to I'm going to lead. And I know I did something a little different than you. We were talking beforehand. So what I did is I had a lot. I had a lot of surprising things, but I narrowed it down to um, a a surprising thing that happened in a good way and a surprising thing that happened in a bad way. And then for each of those, I had a runner-up. So I'll just briefly give the runner-up, and then I'll give the main one. 
So let's start worst and go to best. So uh, su- most surprising in a bad way, my runner up was One Flew Over the Cuckoo Nest book. Um, and that was specifically because the start, the first, we covered, we, we did that coverage in two episodes. We did the um, the start of the book and the, and the second half of the book. And like, I remember the tone shift so dramatically between those two episodes because there's so much like sexist, problematic stuff that happens at the end of that book. Yeah. And it really soured my appreciation of it because I was having such a good time with it. And it's not to say yeah. that it was a terrible book. Um, it just it just completely changed the way I felt about it and felt about Ken Kesey. Yeah, the first half felt like a slam dunk. We were like praising it, like like unabashedly. We were like, "This is the greatest thing ever." And then the next episode, we had to come in and be like, "All right, well, so yeah, we spoke too soon a little bit." Yeah. So okay, but my main one for most surprising in a bad way was the Outsider, um, for kind of a similar reason. And the reason it takes the cake though is because it was both show and book, and it happened at the same time. Um, you know, because we read and covered the end of the the show and the end of the book, and we had all these weeks leading up to it, where we were so hot on it, we were loving it, loving it, loving it, and then we get to the end, and we felt like the show and the book are just so underwhelming, and um, yeah, you know, I, I guess that's a bit of a spoiler. So if you haven't read it yet, I'm sorry, I won't give any specifics, but in in general, we just felt like it was a step down. Now, some people may disagree with that, and you know, I know people do, so you know, check out the actual episode so you can hear our reasoning why, but. Yeah, just a disappointing end to to what was such a promising start for both the show and the book. I don't want to say too much about this one right now because it's it's going to show back up. But uh, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler um, spoiler for the episode. <laughs> it was surprising um, uh, it the was. way that it the way that it all shook out at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, prestige HBO drama and a Stephen King novel that that we were like you said the first few episodes we were we were liking both sides a lot. We were mm-hmm. we were really. Um, enjoying it and because we cover our shows and some sometimes we cover our shows as like we'll read half the book and then we'll watch half the show and then we'll come together to do the second half of the book and the second half of the show at the same time it sort of was just like a a, a steep decline but yeah. um i'll give you my most surprising project and my, i'll start with my runner-up okay and then i'll go um, into my good one because i do have those still too <laughs> i told you i had a lot yeah. yeah, my most surprising tended to be more more um, positive. They were like right. so. I guess that'll lead you into yours as well. Um, and I do want to preface like a lot of these by saying a lot of my choices were made by like what has stuck with me. Um, so if it doesn't necessarily specifically line up with what we said in the episodes or anything like that, um, like my best and my worst and all of these things. Hindsight, are, are, hindsight changes the way you look at things sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and so like the way that the way that I've approached this is like. It, like it, with the with the the advantage of time and looking back and thinking about the project over again which ones are my best and worst and and again we're saying worse but at the same time it's like you know i don't think anything was like abysmally awful that we covered mm. in, in, on the podcast in general maybe maybe i'm wrong but uh we say best and worst on a list of the things that we actually covered this year not everything that came out or anything like that so all right that's enough waffling i think they get it <laughs> yeah most surprising project for me this year uh, my runner-up, and this might be a little bit of recency bias, but my runner-up for most surprising was Interview with the Vampire. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And I, it was just because, like, I knew the cultural context, and I, like, sort of... Was, wait, wait, specifically movie or book? Well, both. The project as a okay, whole was the most surprising all. project, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was surprised at how the book was so raw. We had talked a lot about how it's very human, and it's from a very raw place um, for the author. And then the movie was just like a fun vampire film that would would go on to influence all vampire films beyond. Um, yeah. And so in that way, I just didn't expect the the impact to hit me as hard as it did because it yeah. felt like it was something that was um, 
everybody was like, yeah, yeah, it's great. But it's like, it's really, really great. Like, go back and visit it. And, yeah. and I feel No, like I remember great. going into that episode, you said you had never seen the movie. And I was kind of excited for you to see it because I felt like you were kind of sleeping on it. I was like, I yeah. think he's going to enjoy this movie a little more than he thinks yeah. he's going to. Um, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to, like, you know, bias you or Expectations, whatever, yeah. Set yeah. expectations, so, yeah. Cool. In Interview with the Vampire is my runner. My most surprising project... And it's it's only it's only most surprising um, because it exceeded expectations was Lovecraft Country, just the mm. project as a whole. Um, it was it was surprised. I was excited for it. I knew it was coming. We saw it from a mile away. We knew we were going to cover it. And it still was su- so surprising to me at like how um, it was so prescient. It was so like it felt so important at the time and still today right now. Um, but just the, the way that the book was written and then um, what the show represented, it was it was just an overall positive surprise. Yeah, that's a good one. Honestly, no, can't find any fault with being surprised by that. It, it absolutely was. Uh, all right. So for real quick, my my uh, my good one surprise total recall the movie. I was surprised by how good it ended up being. I had heard mm-hmm. that it was good, but I, I had my doubts. Um, and yeah. I actually ended up really liking that movie. I'm not saying it's like a, a masterpiece or anything, but it's just way better than I ever thought it was going to be. Uh, so that was cool and definitely surprising. But my real winner is The Princess Bride book, which surprised the hell out of me and how much I liked it. Because I, on that episode, talked about how I'm not the biggest Princess Bride fan of the movie. Like, I like it okay, but I'm not as mm-hmm. like into it as many other people are. And I really didn't know what to expect from the book, but it really wasn't what I got. <laughs> it's a very unusual, very meta. And then um, all the different layers that go into it. And then in the really fun final edition where we revisit these characters um, after the events of the story we know. Um, I, I don't know. It was just all a big surprise for me and I really enjoyed it. So that was my positive surprise. Awesome. And that was your winner, right? That wasn't your runner up? That was my winner for most surprising okay. in a good way. <laughs> I don't know if we want to do two separate categories next year. Surprising bad, surprising good. I don't know. Maybe it could be. Worth we'll figure it. it out. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're into worst source material now. Uh, before we get into that, I have a goofy stat that I wanted to, okay. to share with you. So yeah, on Spotify, they have this thing like Spotify for podcasters year wrapped. Now, you know, everybody saw their year wrapped music going around, right? Um, they had one for podcasters, and I clicked on that link, and it took me to my dashboard. And one of the cool things you can see on there is the top five artists that listeners of your podcast listen to. Oh, sweet. Isn't that kind of fun? That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought that would be kind of cool to share. So here's our n- number five to number one. Uh, listeners of the Ink to Film podcast, here were your top five artists. Number five, Panic at the Disco. <laughs> nice, <laughs> cool. Brendan Urie, solid, right? Yeah, great singer. No, I will. I will preface this: it's a lot of pop, which makes sense when you're when you're sampling a large, you know, quantity of people. You're going to get a lot of pop, right? For sure. Um, okay, number four, Ariana Grande. <laughs> I, I literally don't know if I know a single one of her titles for any of her songs, but that's awesome. Like, I'm sure I do, but I can't name one. Um, but I'm sure I've heard them. If I if I heard one of her songs, I know that I've heard them, but yeah. I don't I don't like she's not an artist that I've really listened to, but I respect I've seen her in interviews and stuff. Yeah. I respect her. She she's seems cool it. for sure. You yeah. Know? Um, all right. Number three, Queen. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I was really happy with that. that one, too. Queen cool. Queen is an awesome and number three, too. That was really cool. Number two, Billie Eilish. Uh, OK, also again, solid. I mean, super popular. So it makes sense. Um, She's really talented. Plus, plus too. a she's very a, yeah, and a very unique voice who's kind of changing pop music right now and stuff. I think absolutely. She's awesome. um, and then number one, T Swift herself. 
is our number hey. one artist, <laughs> uh, which I know lots of people who love Taylor Swift. I, you know, she's, I like her. Okay. I'm just not like a big, big fan or anything, but, um, I totally get it. Lots of people love T, T- Swift and yeah. Taylor Swift is, uh, kind of on, on top of the world right now. Also, she put out two albums. So I'm sure that bumps her up the, you know what I mean? Like it bumps her up the rankings. Everybody's listening to her this year. Yeah. And like my girlfriend's such a massive fan, like, uh, like unbelievably massive fan. And, uh, Props to her for sort of like not ever being contained to like one specific type of pop and like pursuing the different sounds she wants and being her own sort of artist. Like she's she's definitely been really good for the music industry. So awesome for her. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of fun. Like the, whenever I get a weird thing like that insight into our listeners, it's kind of cool. I was also able to see that I think our, our uh, gender breakdown was something like 53 percent women, 47 percent male and i don't know there was some percentage of like unspecified um which is cool and uh i don't know i just thought yeah. that was fun i think that also kind of reflects the reading population because i think more women read so i wonder if that's some some carry over there also it's just spotify not all platforms so i don't know how true that is across all platforms for us anyway so we, we got to get into something negative now though uh yeah, which is negative. always kind of a downer but i think it's important to do uh we got to name our worst source material for the yep. year and you're leading off on this one this was the hardest category this was by far the hardest category for me um okay. because like i said i and and i it was easier for me to pick worse adaptation than it was to pick worse mm. source mm-hmm. and um you know i almost didn't even want to do this one because it doesn't necessarily feel extremely fair but my worst source material and again caveat not saying that it's bad. It's just on the list of things here. We I selected worst here. All right. I'm um, noting it for the official record. Yeah. My worst source was Water for Elephants. Okay. Now listen, and it's not because it's a bad book. It's because I think that it doesn't necessarily speak to my sensibilities all the way. And I think mm-hmm. that on the list of things that we covered this year, um, that's that's sort of the the one thing that I was like, you know what? I I I, I enjoyed it as a project overall. I loved having Mary Muscari on. But th- something about the the source for it wasn't necessarily like up my alley as much as mm. some of the other stuff. So, you know why that did that didn't make my list? Um, it was because I liked I remember liking the book more than I liked the movie. So anytime yeah. I felt like I liked the 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 book better, unless I'm going to pick the movie, you know, which maybe you do, um, I'm like I'm probably not going to pick it. Um, so so I went somewhere different. Um, might not be a surprise for you. Um, I ended up going with the Hunt for Red October by Tom Clancy. I thought you might, yeah. Yeah, and and we talked about how I was a little more down on it in the episode. It's not a terrible book, um, but when I was thinking back, I was like, what was the project that I struggled with the most that was kind of a slog to get through? And I kept coming back to that one. There's just It mm-hmm. was just so many technical in- details in there that I just didn't care about. Some of them it's were cool. It's also pretty fresh. Yeah, it's um, also really fresh for us. It's recent, We, we just yeah. read that like a month or so yeah. ago. Yeah, that's true. But I, I really don't think it's just recency bias, bias for me. I really think out of mm-hmm. the entire year, it was the one I had the most difficult time with. Um, so it, it just, you know, aggressively average book to me. I can see why it's popular, but I, I found out, you know, I'm not a Tom Clancy fan, clearly. <laughs> um, you know, maybe there's another book he wrote that would change my mind. But um, from that one, eh, just not doesn't really do it for me. And you know something else that I think makes worse source harder is that they don't typically make a movie on a book that doesn't do super well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a book has to do well. They're not going to go choose a book that doesn't sell and nobody's yeah. heard of. Typic- I mean, Water for Elephants after. was hugely popular. Exactly. So like that, that, that it's, that's why I think it's hard to choose worse source yeah. because in this instance, it's sort of like they're, they're choosing specific things that can be adapted and then be on there. It's, it's yeah. tough. But that's I mean, that's the task, man. That's what we that's yeah. what we signed up for. 
I didn't have a runner up in that case. That was my that was my worst source because it was tough enough to pull that one out. Same, but, same. I don't want I don't want to drag anybody else through the mud. Um, so okay. best source. So so I do have some more stats. We're, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through these quickly, but I also kind of want to compare them to last year because I think that's that actually is the most interesting. Um, our top five states we were downloaded in in 2020. Um, so last year, just as a refresher, we had number five, New York, number four, Illinois, number three, Florida, number two, Texas, number one, California. This year, we have number five, New York, same spot. Number four, Ohio, swaps out wow. with Illinois. Number three, mm. Oregon, which is back in the top five for the first time in a while because it was not there at all last year. Number two, Florida, moved up from three to two. And number one, retained California. Wow. So that's interesting. I, yeah, it's kind of fun. So we lost we lost Texas, right? Is that what that Te- means? Texas or, and we, Illinois both fell out, replaced by Ohio and Oregon. Yeah. All right. Well, they're just going to have to try harder next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, or maybe maybe Ohio and Oregon just really went hard this year. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Very cool. I like to hear like the different states. And, and I'm assuming just like last year, we were probably downloaded in all 50 states. Yes, we were downloaded in all 50 states. I definitely made note of that. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome, yeah. I think our third year running. Which is cool. It's humbling. It's very humbling to know that yeah. everybody's like like throughout the country, people are listening. Yeah, um, and all over the world, which amazing. we'll get into on our next stat. But yeah, well, you know, all wow. over the world. All right, so you start on uh, best source, right? Yeah, you're right. Next up, we get to get positive, which is fun. Uh, we're gonna do best source, and I am according to our outline i am starting on this one yes <laughs> so what was our best source material now also you might notice last year we called it best book this year we're calling it best source for the obvious reasons of i wanted to be able to talk about short stories or you know whatever else we covered graphic novels and not have to worry about what what exactly they are so um best source material for me um, i'm gonna go with one runner-up and one top choice so mm-hmm. my runner-up i have already talked about um it is the princess bride and I, I won't belabor it too much other than to say that I just really enjoyed that book. It was very surprising, which I, I definitely touched on. Um, and it was my runner up for the best source material that we read this year. Awesome. Yeah. So my runner up, this William was William Goldman, for me. right? Yeah. William Goldman. William Goldman. Yeah. It was tough for me to choose the best as well because there was sort of an embarrassment of riches. Um, I again went with the thing that was most affecting to me. So my runner up for best source was Lovecraft Country. And I know I just did it for most surprising project. This is a runner-up slot, so we'll so we'll leave it here. But the source material for for Lovecraft Country was amazing, in my opinion. Um, it it captured so Matt Ruff, right? Awesome. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, he and he crafted. And again, we talked about it in the episode, but it feels like a it feels like a fine line to walk to be a white man in America writing about the black experience and all of yeah, this. Yeah, to put it mildly, <laughs> he he was able to walk it, and I think like. Then the show was able to sort of plant its flag and, and reclaim this story. And I just think that what he what he was able to create and in the way this, that it was taking um, sci-fi and fantasy away from Lovecraft and sort of a racist sort of way that he was writing a lot of these stories and, and center black people, I think, was just like awesome. And Lovecraft Country is my runner up for best source. Uh, okay. Just a just a great idea for a story. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to give my, t- my actual winner, my, my, my best source. I'm thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid was my it was not only the best source we read this year, but I think it's the best book I read this year. Not that I read a ton of books outside of the podcast, but um, when I was just thinking about it, I'm like, what's the best book I read this year? I, I kept coming back mm-hmm. to that one. Um, controversial book, controversial movie. Um, it's going to lose people, but it just really spoke to my sensibilities and it um, 
it had all this like heady psychological stuff and existential questions about like what it means to be a creative and what it means to be intelligent and like the anxiety and depression that can be inherent with that. And it was just things that like, I feel like I grapple with um, in my everyday life and things I think about all the time. And um, I don't know, just the struggles uh, of, of that character were captured so well by Ian Reed that um, it just elevated to another level. And then like, yeah, it, ha- it has kind of like a, big reveal moment at the end. I won't, I won't spoil it. Um, but, and that can lose some people, but like I was on board and I had a good time with it. And yeah. you know, it, it was, it was, I just remembered like geeking out on that book. And then I think ultimately I, I think I said, I want, I liked the book better as much as I liked the Charlie Kaufman adaptation. I think I went with the book because you know, once mm-hmm. again, for me, it just, it just was an incredible piece of work. So I had at one point I had that as my top answer, as my best source. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I completely agree for all of those reasons, and I, that was that was my runner-up until I changed it to Lovecraft Country. <laughs> uh-huh. um, my actual best source is Princess Bride, and okay. you just talked about how because I, you know I was expecting the movie to be the thing, the reason why it's so famous because I thought it would be like oh pretty good, interesting. Fantasy I mean, it kind of is the reason, <laughs> right? But but what I mean is that it didn't, it wasn't sort of like a normal fantasy story that was then turned on its head to be this yeah. like, comedic take. It was already a comedic take in the source. And that was surprising to me, and I didn't expect it. And for that reason, I put it as best source. It's a it's a movie that I love. So to be able to get such a like such a um, dense sort of fun experience from the book as well was was yeah. like really fun for me and important. And it, but and it's different too, right? Like it was very different than the movie, but still like you know, so cool. And and yeah. uh, in your defense, you also you picked the book at the end of that coverage as your as your favorite, uh, right? Too. Which was which I was shocked I when you did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was so much fun. It was, and it was. I had to give props to the fact that like almost everything that we love in the movie is from the book, um, and I was really surprised by that. Uh, Except for Andre the Giant, although he is, he does make an appearance, and at least in the yeah. version of the book, and then yeah. retroactively makes an appearance in the yeah. version that we read, which was yeah. awesome. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Was uh, th- those three books that we just talked about, Princess Bride, I'm thinking of ending things, and uh, Lovecraft Country were my three best mm-hmm. books that we read this year. Period. Any of those could have been alternated with, yeah. and the reasons that you said you liked. I'm thinking of things. And this is a year where we read Return of the King, so R- right. <laughs> well, again, again, uh, same thing as last year. I didn't put it on my list in most cases for obvious reasons. I just like how you just say that every year and then like I think people have long forgotten what that means right. but but I, I, let's just not explain it because I think it's yeah yeah, yeah you can listen to last year if you don't know what I'm talking about but no, I think last year you, know, you just say for obvious reasons and that's it for obvious reasons <laughs> yeah um, I'm thinking of ending things though it was so hard for me could because of the same reasons for you that was basically my other runner-up is because mm-hmm. like it's so heady it's so interesting it was a debut novel it was like yeah um it was just like a lot of it was literary while also being like this heady like existential drama and kind of like, like a horror it, thriller too at the same time right yeah amazing book i love that book but we're into worse adaptation now yeah uh before we do i got some more stats for you though let's hear it okay um we were a little loosey-goosey today but i mean that's just that's mm-hmm. how, it's the it's 2020 that's what's gonna happen right <laughs> oh by the way i'm i'm drinking whiskey right now so <laughs> yeah is it may or may I not be, be affecting well. you uh, okay, so yeah, again, I wanted to be able to compare um, where we're at with our top five countries to last year. So I'm going to read off first off last year's top five countries from five to one uh, Mexico, Germany, Australia, Canada, UK. Okay, so in 2020, we now have Germany slotted back to number five, Ireland 
makes an appearance at number four. Then our top three remain the same, Australia, Canada, United Kingdom. Obviously, outside the U.S. U.S. is number one. Wow. I, just on the Ireland, list, huh? You know what what did, so what did Ireland... <laughs> I mean, that's amazing, Ireland. Yeah, Ireland um, creeping up in there. I like to see that. What fell off from Ireland? Do you remember Mexico. what was last? Mexico. Mexico. I mean, yeah. sad to see them go, but they'll be back, yeah. I'm sure. They'll pop back into the top five next year. Yeah, yeah. Definitely cool. And it's funny that Australia, Canada, UK kept their same positions. I think that's, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that we still maintain Germany. Like Dark Horse is in their top five two years running yeah. now. So that's that's fun. awesome. Yeah, I, again, humble, completely humbling. I just like can't even yeah fathom yeah. that people in all over the yeah. world want to hear what we have to say. I don't have an exact stat on a uh, number of number of countries downloaded in, but I know Spotify said it was like forty seven, um, mm-hmm. and that's just Spotify. I think I think we had more on uh, Apple. So um, a lot of countries we were downloaded in. Let's just say that. Okay, but now we can get into our worst adaptations, worst mm-hmm. adaptations. So we got to get negative again. Um, you are starting off this time. Worst adaptation. Worst adaptation. Runner up. We touched, you touched on it a little bit. The runner up for me, worst adaptation was the outsider. And mm-hmm. going in, I think it, it was a lot of what you were saying. We, we started the first half of the book and it was, it seemed like it was going to be this like great Stephen King novel novel that, that we've become familiar with on the podcast, like a lot of his, they're they're different enough, but he has this sort of style. It was kind of like a true crime feel that we were really exactly. like you know into starting off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and for that reason, and like to specifically talk about the fact that it's a worst adaptation runner up. Um, it starts out Jason Bateman has this really he's directing a lot of the episodes. He he's like centered. Um, very heavily early on and and like i was like oh jesus bateman did it again he's well don't spoil what happens no i won't won't. i'm (laughs) just saying bateman bateman's been able to create this entire like hbo show for himself it's a stephen king novel it's going to be massive um and then sort of as as time goes on at peter it doesn't live up to the things that were expected from the early days of the of the show yeah and weird that it went hand in hand in the book with the book that way you know yeah so yeah that was my runner-up what's your runner-up that's, I don't have a runner-up for this one. I only okay. have one one worst adaptation. So do you want to give okay. your you, you, you give me your top pick first? Okay, my top pick, not really surprising. I don't think worst adaptation was I Am Legend. Okay. Yeah. Now, all respect to Will Smith because he's a bona fide movie star and he's awesome. Uh, that movie is kind of a mess, and the source material is much more interesting. I think. Um, it's it was this like action vehicle that shouldn't have really been an action sort of cool yeah. guy couldn't really find its uh, tone of what they wanted to do. There's a couple of memorable yeah. scenes, but the CG doesn't look great in most instances. Some of I it doesn't stand, make sense. I stand by my in that episode. I think I talked about how there was like two different movies within one movie yeah. with wildly different tones. And it, it really felt like they could not decide what movie they were making. And so they tried to do both. And in, instead, they just did neither. They did. They made a terrible. OK, maybe not terrible. They made a very average movie because of that. I don't want to overstate it. Yeah, no. And, and, and honestly, that was going to be my runner up. I thought about bringing it, but um, it, it had enough going for it where I, I didn't necessarily want to. Yeah, it feels like there's some studio meddling. There's like this like beginning scene that's like a commercial for Mustang. Yeah, uh, weird. Oh, a lot of it's just weird and it feels off. And, uh, you know, I think that the source material didn't necessarily deserve that adaptation. And there are other adaptations. We actually watched another one for a bonus episode. And there's one other for us to cover from from the book, I Am Legend. 
Yeah, uh, Richard Matheson's book. Yeah. Um, so it, it was almost my runner up, but again, it just it, it wasn't quite bad enough for to, to make my list. Um, mm. Real quick before I give mine, I do want to speak on your uh, on your The Outsider. Um, the only reason I didn't choose that one is because there was a lot of really good stuff in that show. Those early episodes I thought were genuinely spectacular. Um, and so it's hard for me to like completely sink it just based off of where it goes, but like, I get it. So <laughs> that, that was why it didn't, it didn't quite make my list at all. My worst adaptation of the year was Screamers, um, mm-hmm. which was <laughs> based off of second variety Philip K. Dick, which is actually to date my favorite Philip K. Dick story we've read. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great story. And then man, was that a bad movie? Um, I, I think I was more generous to it in the moment because I was trying to be even-handed, um, even mm-hmm. though I said it was bad. I, I think I still was like finding good stuff, but like in retrospect, that's just a stinker of a movie, um, and and it, it's my worst adaptation of 2020. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> I, I kind of forgot about that movie, to be I kind of thought um, you might have. <laughs> yeah. so I was like, how is Screamers not on his list? <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it passed, because we did it and as a one-off too, I think it passed me by a little bit as I was like yeah. reviewing the year. But yeah, I, I think we had fun, like sort of like poking at at it. Oh, and... I, that isn't. It's nothing to be said for the episodes. The episodes right. are all, for all these were fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just you know the the project itself. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I can't fault you for that. Um, I think the outsider was my runner up for the reason that you said. Like, I did. There was a lot to like in the show, and I was like really hopeful that it would keep up that sort of level of of uh, you know TV show. Um, yeah. And then I am legend sort of uh, and like it kind of has a soft spot in my heart i am legend just because like i remember when it came out and it was this big thing and it did really well and lots of people were talking about it but yeah that movie's fucking you know was one weird. of the cool things about that was watching the bonus features and seeing anthony fauci talking yeah. about the dangers of pandemics and even saying that in the next 10 years we are going to have a major global pandemic because we're overdue for one and it's going to happen and i was like holy shit yeah. <laughs> in the bonus features for that dvd yeah, ter- covering that project during a quarantine in yeah. a pandemic, it was fucking wild for sure. Yeah, it was an interesting absolutely. project to have covered. Okay, so we are going to move into our best adaptation, which is kind of what like this whole you know podcast leads to yearly. What was the best adaptation we got to? But before we get there, I like to we like to go back and recap and talk about um, at least list <laughs> what our top ten most downloaded episodes were of the year. Because um, I think that gives kind of an indication for people. If there's any on this list that you missed, like maybe this is worth checking out because there is something to be said for um, the way the algorithm is always going to prioritize episodes that are getting more downloads and longer engagement. So um, there's something to be said for like the popular things tend to have something to them. Um, Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Um, The other thing that I think is always worth considering, however, when I when I give this is there a big caveat of it's always going to benefit early episodes and be a be a handicap for later episodes because they just haven't had as much time because we're only looking at downloads from this year. But anyway, with all those caveats being said, I'm going to quickly move through 10 through five and then our 10 through six and then we can like dive in a little more on the other ones. Number 10 are Return of the King Part 2 book episode. Number 10. So that's, that, that might tell you something. <laughs> I wonder if the other ones will show up. <laughs> our book 2 episode was our 10th most downloaded. Our ninth most ep- downloaded episode was our The Outsider HBO series episodes 1 through 5. So our beginning of the HBO series for The Outsider. Number 9 most, most downloaded episode. 
Good. I mean, good section of the show. Yeah. Solid Number section. eight. <laughs> I'm keeping it moving. Number eight was our movie episode for The Return of the King. Number eight, most downloaded episode, which like, honestly, I thought might have been our number one this year. So a bit surprising. Definitely in the top 10, though. Yeah. Uh, okay, number seven, our very first The Outsider book episode was our seventh most downloaded episode of 2020. Makes Probably sense. just striking while the iron's hot there. Huh? Yeah, Stephen King is always popular, too. Um, and then, yeah, it was like it was happening as the show was happening. It was a good time to cover it. Now, here's a real shocker, I think. Number six, most downloaded episode for the year was our Water for Elephants book episode. Well. Huh? Yeah, I thought that Very one might cool. you might not have expected that. I think it's it's a popular it's a popular book by a popular author, uh, Sarah Gwynn, I think. It's the worst source of the year <laughs> for you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, awesome. I'm glad people enjoyed that episode, or at least yeah. downloaded it and checked it out. That's that's it was that's a really good cool. it was a fun episode though. You know, yeah. regardless of no of question, what you, yeah, what you might yeah. say about it. Okay, uh, number five was our movie episode for Silence of the Lambs. With uh with Caitlin awesome. Starling, yeah, Very it was cool. it was a really cool episode, uh, Jonathan Demi, uh, movie, which um, I don't know, awesome awesome one to cover. That I mean that that sort of is one of your favorite movies, right? Wasn't that one of the ones that after we'd watched the movie, you said like this this is like stayed in my yeah, favorite it's, movies. Yeah, it's one of one right? of my favorite movies for sure. Yeah, yeah great. It's movie. amazing. Yeah. Um. Okay. Number four is our highest ranked guest episode. And that was A Princess of Mars, our first episode of 2020 with Curtis Chen. It probably helped by being the first episode. It's had the longest time to accrue, but still, it's at our number four overall spot. Awesome. That was a lot of fun, too, having Curtis on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Curtis was great. He joined us for two episodes. Um, it, it definitely a, a unique uh, project to cover and, and a cool like look back at sci-fi history. And then uh, I was able to bring all that knowledge to Lovecraft Country, which references Princess of Mars like several times, which was right. really, you know, that was, that was fun. Well, and, and we talked about how the, the John Carter's that big Disney bomb and we got to br- talk about all that stuff. So the whole conspiracy behind it and Star Wars influence and all that, too. Yeah, yeah, good, good project. Okay, number three was our read slash watch combo episode for the Minority Report. Um, mm. Very fun, you know, Steven Spielberg, Philip K. Dick, you know, Tom Cruise, <laughs> yeah, a lot of big names, and uh, it's a good movie, you know. And I think it's it's like it's cool to like. In some ways, I feel like that movie doesn't get enough credit, but like it's also not it's imperfect, and there's like lots of ways you can talk about um, why it's not a perfect movie, but. Mm-hmm. Like, I also, like, meet people who it's, like, one of their favorite movies, and, like, I can't really fault them for that either, you know? Because it, it, it is really good, too. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's like this, it's a solid Steven, Steven Spielberg sci-fi film with Tom Cruise, <laughs> yeah. and it's, like, it's just, like, we I think we got the Tom Cruise bump on this one a little bit. Yeah, well, and the Philip K. Dick, man, and he's got a lot of yeah. fans out there, and, you know, as, yeah. as much as we're not the biggest fans of his writing, there are some great adaptations for him. Yeah. Which, I mean, by the way, the, I should say, that that's the other thing for Screamers. Um, a lot of people say that's like one of the most um, uh, faithful adaptations of his work. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I can see why they say that. But in other ways, it really changes a shitload from that story. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it show, goes to show what people find to be important when they say like, what's the best adaptation? Does it mean like faithful or does it mean yeah. sort of like, is it a good movie that? that yeah, because some people will say it was the best adaptation. And you're like, that movie's not good. And they're like, yeah, but yeah. it's the best adaptation because they mean faithful. Yeah. Right. Uh, OK, anyway, let's move on. Number two. Our Return of the King book one episode. Start of the project. That makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Tolkien's always popular. Um, an awesome one. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I was covering that in the hotel. I have a vivid memory of recording that first episode from the Marriott. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just something else. 
I mean, bittersweet to close out our Lord of the Rings coverage. Like we can, we yeah. still have the Hobbit potentially on the horizon, but yeah. like to to close out that trilogy of books and and movies, like that's yeah. a huge project. But for but me. we were still filled with a bunch of uh, hope at the beginning there because we knew we had four epi- four weeks to go. So right. you know, that's that, that yeah. particular episode was just getting it back into it, which is a lot of fun. Right. Um, and then our number one episode. Any predictions? Number one. Oh, geez. Um, I don't know, man. I haven't looked at the stats. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought this was kind of surprising. So our number one episode from all of 2020 was our book episode for Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. No, just me and you. But uh, that is our most popular episode from the entire year across all that platforms. Good, I really like that episode, too. That's that's very cool. I mean, Silence of the Lambs, We another one we talked about, is just like this massive story huge story yeah. that like everyone see has seen and it's like the psychological thriller that people point to a lot of the times when they're like what kind of movies do you like they're like psychological yeah. thrillers You're like okay silence of the lambs you know yeah. and i think it might be one of those movies that a lot or uh, one of those projects where a lot of people have seen the movie and are like i really want to know what's going on in this book i'm probably not going to read it yeah so i'm just going to listen to the, you know like i want to listen to the episode or a lot of people who have read it and love thomas harris and are like i want to hear you know what i mean i think it's both whenever you get yeah. both of those things coming together it's it's a good mix for us yeah awesome that's cool to know number yeah, one episode absolutely. of the year yeah but now the main event the thing we've <laughs> all been waiting for the best adaptation according to the hosts of the ink to film podcast mm-hmm. in all of 2020 that they covered um <laughs> we are going to start out with me and then we're going to go to you so um i definitely have a runner-up for this one um, and my runner up, actually, you know what? I have two runners up. <laughs> uh, one of them we've already talked about extensively, so I'll, I'll be able to get through it quickly. One mm-hmm. of them is Lovecraft Country. Um, mm-hmm. For me, fantastic adaptation. The way that it was reclaimed, the way that it was um, recentered, much like the story was about black people, but then the the show was made by black people. And in that way, it was just like more authentic. Um there was a couple of quibbles here and there. You know, there are a couple of things that didn't work as that didn't quite make a great translation to the screen. Um, some plotting issues, some pacing issues. So I had just enough that kept it out of my top spot. So that's why it's a runner up, mm-hmm. but I have to give it full props for being just a really notable adaptation. And it came out this year to boot. Um, yeah. My other runner up, however, is the silence of the lambs, uh, Jonathan Demi, which we just talked about. Um, it, just an incredible adaptation. Great movie. We talked about how it was like the be- the first horror film to win uh, best movie. Iconic performance um, by by Anthony Hopkins. That like, you know, it's just one of the most legendary performances of all time. I think for any. He's like a Halloween character now. He's like he's like a you know horror royalty at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just just really amazing stuff, and um, it's just a great movie, and and it's so um that's a faithful one, right? Like talk about being just like an incredibly faithful adaptation. That's that one. Um, very yeah. little from the book that doesn't come right out. Um, and because of that, that was what kind of broke my tie because I was actually kind of tied with this other one. But the fact that most of it is in the source, it's like most of it's there. And then you bring in Anthony Hopkins and you make it. And it's a great movie. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to undersell it at all, but it was just enough to break the tie for me for an adaptation that truly transcended its source material in my opinion was incredible and we haven't talked about it at all yet and that was Snowpiercer Bong (laughs) Joon-ho I loved this movie I was so glad we covered it this year and it's it's like so different than the source 
the source wasn't bad. We, you know, we had fun with it, but man, that movie is cool. And, um, just talking about like the best adaptation, um, just what he was able to do with that source material and, and the performances were just so is there's like a style there that we talked about that I love. Um, just, just zany action, like extreme violence at times, um, colorful, um, just wild situations and characters, a lot of fun. If you haven't seen Snowpiercer, I highly recommend check, recommend checking it out and then listening to our episode on it. Yeah, we get it. We got to, um, if we ever end up doing that thing we've talked about where we watch movies that aren't adaptations necessarily, we're going to definitely watch some more Korean cinema because I feel like you, <laughs> yeah. it's like you're primed for it. Um, I probably am. Okay, so I'm going to start by saying there's a bunch of stuff that was like runner-up to my runner-up, and I'm just going to mm-hmm. list a couple of things that, that could have made my list that was tough to not say. The Exorcist as a film, mm-hmm. um, and again, I, I a lot of these ended up for best adaptation. Part of me was thinking best film in, gen- mm-hmm. in general, so a lot of these are sort of like the ones that have stuck with me, the ones that mean the most to me. The best films in my eyes make for the best adaptations in some cases so yeah. the, exorcist the exorcist is one. a fucking great adaptation you know it's like it's crazy that that wasn't on my list <laughs> right the exorcist and this isn't even that's what i'm saying this is like off list this is like off broadway right now so <laughs> wow the exorcist one flew over the cuckoo's nest um mm-hmm. to not oh, talk yeah. about that that adaptation is like i feel yeah. like a travesty it, and, and um, it, it fixed a lot of the problems with the book in my opinion a great yeah. adaptation i totally agree we covered so many good ones this year yeah that's why it was so hard. This was the second hardest one besides worst source for me, figuring out my best adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, but my actual runner-up might surprise you. And again, you have to think about, these are the ones that are sticking with me that I think about on a daily basis, near near daily basis. Um, best films, just incredibly um, poignant, all of these things. Runner-up for me is If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, oh, well, yeah. I, I it was that. a movie. It's a movie that I think is so important, and it feels like it feels like something that everyone should watch and it's so mm-hmm. it's so universal it's showing black love it's showing universal problems that everybody faces in in this romance and and then at the same time showing what it's you know the experience of a black man in america and just this yeah. year the way that it hit me um that that and then i mean not to even talk about barry jenkins is like one of the greatest filmmakers of our time uh helming it and and, and creating james this baldwin source you know james what a, baldwin what a, source what a book yeah. you know I, i've seen him everywhere this year like you yeah know, quotes from him speeches showed up yeah. in lovecraft country it all came together you know yeah and so, so uh, that was my runner-up for for sure uh mm-hmm. it was hard to not even put it as the best but my best adaptation any any guesses what I, what my best adaptation was you know, it's funny because I, I feel like it's going to be Return of the King just because. But then I'm like, for obvious reasons, for obvious reasons, maybe you just didn't do it. I don't know. No, for obvious reasons, I didn't do it. My my best adaptation this year was I'm thinking of ending things. Okay. Um, Charlie Kaufman. And for a lot of the same reasons, you know, we don't get the introspection that we get in the in the novel, because when you mm. said that was your that was your best source, right? Mo- that was yeah, your, that was my best yeah. source. My best source and your best adaptation. That's that's kind of a fun symmetry there. We don't get the introspection. We don't get as much as the, as the existentialism. But in some ways, we do. Uh, I think Charlie Kaufman sort of frames the story in this way, and you can interpret a lot of that stuff. Um, and for a filmmaker like him, who can who can introduce a lot of these topics and still have the movie sort of play playful, because it's this was a tough movie to pull off in general. And I don't want to give yeah. spoilers. But and many uh, people think he think he didn't <laughs> right. thinks he didn't. Uh, yeah. Right. But I mean, we, we thought he did. So, uh, you know. Yeah. 
And I think I think taking big swings like this in a in a source material like this and giving it to Charlie Kaufman to create these sorts of like we need these sorts of movies. These are this is why movies exist. Is because like not everyone can tell the story and in the way that he does, and he takes it to places that are going to challenge you. And I think that all of those things are good. And and uh, that that was my best adaptation of the year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm thinking of ending things for you. And Snowpiercer for me, which I'm sure you, yeah. I don't know, I feel like you didn't predict that one. That was maybe. A, no, no, I didn't. Field. But I, I yeah. that was a fu- that was a funny one because like I liked that movie when it came out. I remember telling people to watch it and all of this stuff. And then coming to the podcast, I, rem- I remember telling you, like, I think it, you're getting it a little overhyped. And then like once we'd watched it and analyzed it for the podcast, I was like, you know what? It, everybody's right. It's amazing. And it always has <laughs> been. And I, I, you know, I, I always knew it was great. But I think I, I think I was sort of just like tempering. I was like, oh, I don't know. It's it's good. But like, it's amazing. No, no question. Yeah. yeah. And you've seen a lot more of Bong Joon-ho's stuff. So maybe you're like comparing it to his other work, whereas yeah. I haven't. So, yeah. Like, and that's it's not my bo- favorite Bong Joon-ho movie. So if that's if that's uh any yeah. sort of if that's if that <laughs> gives you any sort of background <laughs> indication yeah that then like the, maybe that's part of what was holding me back there too yeah all right man that was the main event but we have a couple of follow-up things here including what we're looking forward to most in 2021 it's time to sort of shift focus and look to the future um, before we go there uh, i do want to say we picked up 200 subscribers on youtube which, you know, by some accounts is not very many, but I remember in the last episode, the last last looks episode, we were talking about how we were hoping to hit 100 subscribers so that we could get our own URL. Um, so, you know, I'm pleased to say we completely flew past that and we're, we're, we're getting close to 300 now as of time of recording this. Um, so if you're not already subscribed, definitely do that, because I think if you get to a thousand, you can actually like monetize which like i don't know you know i know it's not gonna be much money but like it would be cool to be at a level where we could do that um and it requires a thousand subscription uh subscribers so um the idea that that is even an attainable thing for us is really cool because i i didn't think it was but like we've had enough growth this year where i'm like yeah we could get there potentially yeah i mean we're a niche thing right like we're never going to be these like giant movie podcasts that have all these all this stuff and and we know that and i think that like I, we we weren't even necessarily pushing YouTube for a while there. You know, we were kind yeah. of just saying, no, we I mean, YouTube. we were still we were still uploading backlog episodes this year. Right. And we so like to, to know that we were just kind of naturally growing without any sort of push from us. And then we've realized, oh, we should start pushing it a little more. Um, it's 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 fantastic. And it fe- again, it's all very humbling whenever people are interested in our content. That also reminds me, um, some people may look at some of the numbers we have on youtube and go like uh your stats are wrong dude because i just looked at such and such on youtube and it's got you know ten thousand views um i was able to determine a method for weighting the downloads on youtube where it's basically based off of like uh average consumption versus our average consumption on like other podcasting platforms um and because some of those uh we get a lot of people who click on them like looking for a bootleg version of whatever movie it is um So I did take that into account through my own sort of weighting of those stats. Um, so, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of variation there and there could be error and all sorts of things. So it is possible. I got some stuff wrong, but anyway, yeah. um, we love, we, we definitely have people who listen on YouTube. They comment great things. Um, we've had some, some new followers and listeners that absolutely come from that platform. So um, I'm, I'm not trying to act like we're not, you know, valuing it. it we <laughs> absolutely do. No, yeah, absolutely, and we we I think we definitely have plans to some someday do 
video content of some kind, yeah. whether it's like, no, you know, every once in a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always a platform that we're looking to maybe do more with and, you know, yeah, especially the higher subscriber count we get on there. It's cool to know that you have like certain number of eyes that are going to be on it when it comes out. Right. Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, continuing to grow is, is the goal and we've, we've maintained that and I'm just super proud of that. And I thank all of our listeners for them. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, we, uh, we do have some changes to our Patreon. We are going to get to our looking forward to, and, and this is kind of a thing we are looking forward to is changes to Patreon. Um, we had a tier on there called our jukebox heroes where people were able to unlock tokens, use them to unlock specific projects. And we had a great time with that. Um, but we kind of realized it wasn't really a scalable thing for us. We were struggling to keep up with just having a couple of patrons at that level. Um, and we, we realized the more we got there, the more difficult it was going to be. Um, so we're going to, we decided to reimagine it and we're going to be making some changes to our Patreon. We're going to be changing up different tiers. We're going to be introducing some merchandise options where you get get like certain merch gear items uh, at different tiers. Um, which, you know, should be really fun. We'll have more details about that as we get it ironed out. Um, but one of the other things we're going to do is we still want to have patron input on what we cover at times. So we're going to have patron polls where you will get to vote on a poll um, in which you will get to um, ch- help us choose a project. Um, I'm not sure how frequently we're going to do it. Um, we've talked about maybe quarterly or every four months, something like that, where we're going to put something up. Um, maybe it'll just be like when we have openings, I'm not really sure. Um, and then we'll, we'll specifically ask our patrons to vote on these polls. Um, and then since, you know, you're a paying customer at that point, we're going to value what you say. And, uh, that'll be our way to have, uh, you know, patron led project still, cause that is still important for us to do. And we got a lot of good stuff this year from doing that. Yeah. And, and if you were sort of thinking about doing the, the jukebox hero tier and want it because you wanted to financially support us by, you know, offering more money, we're, we're going to have a lot of different tiers coming out. We're going to try yeah. to have like some pretty lofty ones. And, you know, there might be ones that people don't subscribe to because they're too, they're too high or whatever. But we feel like it's a good, it's a good option to like, um, allow for the support. And then also like, we want to be, we want to be able to give back to our patrons as much as possible. So I'm looking forward to the things we can do. And at the, at the time of listening this, you won't be able to see those new tiers yet. Um, right. we're going to roll them out early 2021. So stay tuned on that. Um, I know that was a big sales pitch, so let's move on. Um, we are going to talk about things we're looking forward to in 2021. Um, and I, we do have some things. Um, first off, number one overall, the vaccine, <laughs> the vaccine for COVID-19. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. My mom's a frontline healthcare worker and she, she was vaccinated already. And she, because of that, was able to get her spouse vaccinated. So my dad and mom have been vaccinated. So hey, man, I'm congrats. ecstatic. That's awesome. I'm ecstatic. And I'm just like, I sleep better at night and I'm excited for mm-hmm. everyone that we love and care about to get vaccinated as soon as possible. Yeah. And once I'm vaccinated, uh, you know, that that plays into like my feeling about 2021 and how I want to I just want to do more, you know, like I want to go places. I want to say yes to things. I want to go to parties. You know, (laughs) I want to go to gatherings and I want a vacation. I want to go to conventions. I just want to do all the things. And I know I'm not gonna be able to do all the things, but I want to do as many of them as I can force myself to do because having that all taken away has just been, I mean, I know I got months to go. Like I am, I am low on the list of vaccines. So like, I'm probably not going to, I'm probably got several months before I'm gonna be able to get one. Um, but, and, and then once you get it, you know, it takes a while before you're fully inoculated. Um, and then you still have to follow certain, you know, safety protocols and wear masks and stuff. But 
man, I can't wait for that that feeling. Yeah, that, that being able to not have to worry about COVID. It's just, Definitely, I, I'm sure everybody listening. That was uh, that was you had asked me sort of like uh, New Year's resolution stuff, and in a way yeah. that sort of leads me into that because like I I wanted to be like um, I want to have a more consistent year in terms of like. Um, being compassionate with my fellow man, you know, like, like, re- I think reaching out and helping others whenever possible, or like you said, like gatherings, if I'm like, uh, like, I, f- I find I feel like I'm going to say, feel like staying home a lot less, obviously, but like, if there's, you know, there are times when it's like, oh, yeah, after work, come do this or come do th- I just feel like I'm I'm really ready to just like engage and connect with pe- humans and people again. And yeah. um, I just want to like go in and I know I said this last year, but like I want to go into 2021 being, you know, after vaccinations and just be really optimistic about the world and and try to embrace everyone. And, and you know, I, I mean, especially with all the social stuff going on now, too, like and it always has been, but it's become such a massive thing this year. It's like I, I think it's always going to be about like sort of you know, doing the right thing and making sure others are and being involved in, in things that I'm passionate about and things that I, you know, that I uh, believe in. So th- those are like mm-hmm. my sort of New Year's resolutions is like live more fully, you know? Yeah. I think there's a two step process, right? Like you meet a person, a complete stranger on the road and you say, have you been vaccinated? And they say, yes. And you say, me too. Do you want a French kiss right now right. from me? And then they say yes, and then right. that happens. Because that's what the world is going to be like. <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope it's all <laughs> hugs and kisses be. around every every stranger I meet. <laughs> I mean, I, I really hope so, man. That's what, that's what I'm looking forward to is connection. Um, yeah. It feels like, and I even wrote this down, like it feels like 2021 is going to be this like this like global or even like national rebirth, or it could be. Yeah, you know, this God, idea of so. like, the, yeah, I speaking of, we got we got about 20 days and uh, 20, you know, to, to really, you know, white knuckle it here for a bit. Yeah. Um, and then we'll see. But um, yeah, uh, it just feels I really like a hope new beginning. We, it's going to be yeah. a, a new day in America. I really yeah. hope. Um, yeah. And then looking forward now, to projects. I want to yeah, talk I was about gonna say we, we yeah. do have we do have some like podcast stuff to talk about. Um, oh, yeah, I guess one last personal thing for me is that like this year being cooped up, um, health and exercise has not been a priority for me. It's been much more about like surviving, mm-hmm. um, which I think is totally understandable. But I, I really think I like that's not sustainable or good for me. So I've already been trying to to uh, make exercise a part of like my daily routine, which has been really tough. I've never been like that before. That's and awesome. um, good, really man. just prioritizing like people talk about like self-care and the ways of like, I'm going to eat a pint of ice cream for self-care. And like, you know, that I get it. That is, that is a way of self-care. But I think my wife was talking about this, like taking care of yourself physically is also a way of self-care, right? Like being healthy and like feeling good. Um, and I want to prioritize that in 2021. Like I really want to take care of myself physically um and and i think that part of that is like getting the vaccine and knowing that like healthiness is is a is an option <laughs> um i want to make sure i'm healthy in like many other aspects so that's my goal for 2021 that's like more of a true resolution thing of like that's what yeah. i am really truly hoping for cool man that's awesome yeah i mean i i genuinely think that like staying active like even just like if i'm in a bad mood if i go take a walk i think like it's good for my mental health so i do kind of believe in the powers of exercise and, and all of that mm-hmm. and and um, so, yeah, I mean, all I can I can do some more of that as well. So I'll definitely be attempting to do more exercise and, and you know, f- clean living in 2021 yeah. as well. So it's always uh, a good resolution. Of, one, one of the things that I'm doing to help with that, and I'm already having success, I, uh, I've been reading this book called Atomic Habits. 
And one of the things it talks about, many things that are good in that book, is it talks about habit stacking. And I've been able to do that because like, so essentially I've been waking up early in the morning um, for the first time in many years. And then I started stacking habits onto that. And one of the things I'm doing is like when I get back in from the early dog walk is I'm immediately getting on the stationary bike. And I'm starting to link those two things together. And you can start stacking on good habits in a row. So like every time I do that, I'm going to follow it up by showering. Every time I get out of the shower, I'm going to follow it up by, you know, doing an hour of writing or whatever. Like you can start to stack them all together and link them. Um, and that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. It's a cool book if you want to check it out. We'll hold you to that. Me and the podcast will hold you to that. Yeah, you all do that. Um, <laughs> okay. So projects we're looking forward to. A uh, huge fucking grain of salt, as we well know. From last year, um, mm-hmm. all of this is subject to change. Maybe uh, maybe we are actually entering a worst dystopian hellscape in No, 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 not again, Luke, not again. <laughs> I have to hedge the bets a little bit um, because, yeah, maybe we'll look back at this and it'll be even more egregious, you know? I don't know what it would be, but, like, who fucking knows? It could be anything at this point. Um, yeah. But assuming we do survive and assuming we do get to cover the things we want to cover... I want to fucking go to a movie again in theater, <laughs> and I want that movie to be Dune. I, yeah. I just really want to fucking see Dune in the theater. Is Me that too, too much man. to ask, world? Come on. I've thought about, you know, I've thought, if I thought it was completely safe, I would have already done one of the theaters where you just pay like a hundred bucks and you get the whole theater to yourself to watch whatever. I've thought <laughs> about doing that so many well. times and like I yeah. wanted to, but I just never been able to like, it's like know, a high roller move to do it. too though. It's like a hundred dollars <laughs> though. Like you can afford for like one time during the pandemic to spend a hundred dollars and you. Yeah. And, like, but like a hundred bucks to watch a movie also just feels really extravagant. To yeah. Me. Agreed. But, but anyway, yeah. uh, I've wanted to so bad. I'm so looking forward to movie theaters coming back and hopefully let's save the movie industry and the, or at least the yeah. theater industries before before it collapses. Yeah, it's it's um, in trouble. It's in trouble. And, uh, you know, that's that's something I do not want to see go away. I think that the, the theater experience, whether you watch a lot of stuff at home or not, the theater experience is something that's important, period. Predictions um, bound to go wrong. I am predicting a theater boom. I'm predicting people are going to want to go back to theaters. I hope so. Once vaccinations. I hope so, man. Yeah, I I agree. I I hope that that's the case. But these streaming services are going all in right now. I think we all I think we all miss it now, my opinion. You know, it scares me that like theaters are are, like being over like, you know, things are dropping on streaming at the same time. And I hope that people will still go see see stuff when that's the case after COVID. But anyway, the thing that I'm looking forward to a lot is the stand. And we're going to be covering that. And yeah, that's a good po- way to announce that, right? That's yeah. going to be our first project in 2021. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I just can't wait. It's a book. I, I was thinking about this earlier today. It's a book that I've been looking at the spine of in my dad's bookshelf since I was a kid, since I was young. Mm. And I remember being like, that book is fucking massive. And then like, you know, I always heard about it and I've we've done so much Stephen King at this point. We've read so much Stephen King. It was such a it's such a massive part of the podcast because it was yeah. the beginning for us. And Stephen King has been a consistent and then my girlfriend has read it uh, during the pan- like right before the pandemic. And then it's also a pandemic. And I know that it's about yeah. s- slightly about disease and stuff. And uh, and yeah. I just think it's like the time and everything's lining up. I, I'm really excited to finally yeah. experience it. And and, you know, it's cool is it, it really does harken back to that first project, because once again, I will. I, it's a book I have read. Um, I, for, for a long time, touted it as my favorite Stephen King novel. Um, I, I'm going to be really interested to see if it holds up in that way because I have now lived through and am living through a pandemic. Um, whereas when I read this originally, that was not the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is going to affect the way I read this book. Um, 
And I've also read just a ton of other stuff since then. So I'm a different person now, a different reader. So I'll be curious to see if it really holds up. Um, and then I will also have that same perspective like it, where it's like, I will have read it before you, you haven't. So we can kind of have that back and forth. And then we're both going into a new adaptation. Um, we've never seen before. We're going to be watching the CBS show, which I don't know if it's going to be good or not. You know, hopefully it's at least okay. Um, at the very least, it'll give us a comparison point to talk about with the book, which for a long time was this thing that like people were like, I don't know how you adapt this and do it right. Cause it does have a mini series adaptation that I, you know, it's very middle of the road from everything I've heard. I, I haven't ever seen it. Um, but it's just a really difficult thing. And it was in development hell for many, many years, many different directors attached to it, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, so it should be a fun project and, and harken back to the early days of ink to film, except for with all of our powers we've you know accrued over time. <laughs> Sorry. I've been playing a lot of Hades. So I, I think about like accruing a lot of darkness and using that darkness to be more powerful. We're more uh, <laughs> powerful than you could possibly imagine. Yeah. This time around we'll be way more powerful. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, I'm gonna throw out one that I don't know for sure we're gonna get into, but I kind of want to, and I hope we do. And that is the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hobbit, for one, because like I already miss Lord of the Rings a little bit. You know, yeah, I'm already right. kind of like sad about it. And then and then I know the movies are like, eh, and, and and you know, eh to oh. Um, <laughs> they kind of range from that. <laughs> well, I'll be um, interested. But, you know, that'll give us a really good like pers- moment to to analyze exactly why and how and what happened yeah. and sort of what in happened, our own yeah. minds settle what's happened and i know a lot of the yeah. stuff but i i think it'll be a fun and there's one a lot of behind the scenes stuff i know that like i've heard about but like I, i'm be interested to know once we dive into it but um really it's about that book for me which is like a really yeah. seminal piece of fantasy fiction and my love of fantasy uh, that i read when i was really young i'm really curious to see how it holds up or doesn't um i'm just excited for that one and i i kind of hope we get to it this year yeah i mean growing up when i there was you know i read harry potter was my first fantasy love and then and then when i was looking for other things to read waiting for harry potter novels to come out the hobbit was something that i reached for and read and like so it means a lot to me growing up and like you said it's it's sort of like i don't know i don't know if i can be this bold because i haven't read it in a long time but it feels like sort of the perfect um introduction to middle earth and it feels like almost a perfect fantasy novel because it's so light yeah. while it's also, also there's not very and... many if any women in that entire book so i don't know about perfect but it's close <laughs> yeah problematic <laughs> for sure but I, I in terms of story structure and, and a lot of this other stuff i think that a lot uh was taken from the hobbit and and you know absolutely i wonder oh, it'll be interesting to compare the hobbit to the lord of the rings books that mm-hmm. we've read now and see sort of where he grew and what what changed in him and all of that as time went on now, I I kind of want to run down a quick list. I have a list I, I, I grabbed from our um, we have a we have a document where we have a ton of titles and, and this isn't even all of them. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to share just a rundown of some projects that are still outstanding for ink to film um, just so you can get a feel because like we've been doing this for this is going to be season number five, right? Coming into. Yeah. Um, and so we've been doing it will be our fifth year doing this and we've covered a lot. So I know that it can feel like, oh man, they must have covered almost everything by now. So this is a list of stuff we have yet to cover, not including like new things that aren't out yet, which there is always a bunch of that because there are new adaptations made every day. Um, here we go. I'm just going to read them quick. Okay. You ready? Go for it. Fight Club, The Last Unicorn, The Lost World, 
2001 A Space Odyssey, Adaptation, Carrie, Misery, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Dracula, Don Quixote, Ender's Game, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Hunger Games, I, Robot, Let the Right One In, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, No Country for Old Men, The Road, Shutter Island, Psycho, Sphere, Starship Troopers, The Neverending Story, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and World War Z. That's just a short list of things that we still have not covered yet. <laughs> yeah, it'll never end. That's that's the long and the short of it is. Yeah, and there's way more than that. We'll never be able to, we'll never run out of content. We'll never yeah. run out if of If you heard something cover. on that list that you really want to have us cover, definitely let us know. Yeah. Um, we probably will cover one or two or more of things from that list this coming year. I just go ahead and predict that. I don't know which ones they're going to be yet, but we will get into some of those. Um, and if you want to vote on polls that will probably include those projects... Uh, think about joining our Patreon. There we go. One more, pro- one more plug. <laughs> All right, um, enough plugging. <laughs> so this fucking year has been terrible. Um, you know, but we made it. If you're listening to this, yeah, you made it. So survivor bias. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, we made it to 2021. Congratulations. You know, um, it's dangerous to go it alone, but you know, you have you have this in your pocket, in your in your phone, or in your podcast player of choice, uh, and hopefully we can help out um, in any way we can. Um, you know, it's been humbling. It's been, uh, you know, it's been our honor to be uh, your your companions this year. <laughs> yeah, God, genuinely. I, I mean, um, it's like I, I can't imagine <laughs> what what this year looks like for me. I mean, there's been, you know, personal. I think the, I, I think everybody has had a shitty year and I think everybody has yeah. had highlights in those shitty years. This has been one of my highlights, yeah. obviously. All right. So only thing left is to put a bow on it. Uh, this this turd sandwich that was the year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going to be back in 2021. We're going to take off two weeks and then we will be back with The Stand by Stephen King. And until next year. Thanks for listening. 